live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Good morning. So good morning. I am Jeanette Martell. Hi, everybody. I am Camelia Spathia, and we are the Caffeinated, Caffeinated Show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Cheers. Good morning guys. We, we didn't preempt you. We, on that we should get out. We forgot we're doing to that. Yeah. <laughs> so good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Um, like Kim and I said, we are the Caffeinated Show, and we're so happy to have you um, to talk real estate talk and to talk about coffee, as always. As always. We're excited this morning because we are in the Clear Lake area mm-hmm. at one of our friend's coffee houses called Java Owl. And can I just tell you, we feel so... That's pretty cool. Just yes. welcomed. And he really did roll out the red carpet for us. Look That's how pretty. Nice. Reserved. Reserved just for the caffeinated just show. Just for the caffeinated show. <laughs> you should save Isn't that awesome? We, we are. are. We want to take them. We're, we're like... And we're going to put this on every coffee shop that we go to inside the loop. Hint, hint. They left us this. Maybe we could, well, sorry, John, but we may have to put like our logo right here for the future. Well, that's true. We might copy that idea. But so we're excited to come out and celebrate his new opening of this wonderful place. It's so amazing. So we invite you, if you're in the Clear Lake area, to come out and visit our friend John Wilkinson. But excited this morning because we have a very special guest. So, yes. do you want to I'm gonna introduce well, our guests first? Happy New Year, everybody. We just want to give a quick Happy New Year. <laughs> happy yeah. New Year. Uh, 2020. Um, did you guys have a great week? Yeah. Great yeah. holiday. I can't believe it sure was did. just turned, less than a week ago, it just turned over, you know? You know, it was weird it because was I was thinking that it was not only our new year, but we're starting the beginning of a new decade. Yeah. We are. And this so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, before we go on with our weekend um, yes, shenanigans. shenanigans, let's introduce <laughs> our very important and very interesting guest this morning that we have here with us. So Stephen Rosenberg with Mind Property Management is here this morning to talk to us about real estate. You guys know we love educating you and just really learning from the best we you are a very successful speaker business owner commercial pilot which we will also get into and you have written a book as well yes so we have a lot to learn from you and we just wanted to bring you um this morning so that we can talk real estate as we all obviously love to do and i want to thank doug for making the connection for us thank you doug Doug. Everyone needs a Doug. Everyone needs a Doug. Everyone needs a Doug. A Meisinger. Is that it? Did I say it right? The Meisinger. Oh, cheers. Yes. So Doug has his own um, coffee named after him here at the coffee shop, the Meisinger. So I heard it's a lot of sweet loveness in there. If everybody loves. uh, So anyway, so you started off your year here in Houston or were you I was actually uh, in Los Angeles visiting family. So born and raised in Los Angeles. So um, I've got a, uh, uh, my wife and I have a teenage son. um, And so since they're getting that age of 16 years old, (laughs) we actually uh, went to, we drove up, we flew into San Francisco and drove down the West Coast. Showing them the beaches and all that stuff, which... I think we. I enjoyed it more than him. Hopefully, right. at some right. point he'll reflect he'll, back and glad he did it. But yeah. Oh yeah, they we, always go back, and, and yeah. their memories are always in there. But I was. I saw this little commercial snippet about traveling with children because I love to travel with my children too. Um, it's the memories that you get with yeah, while absolutely. you're traveling with them that are just absolutely. you know. I absolutely. mean, they'll remember some stuff and some they won't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my son, he's uh, he's been all over the world many times. And he actually he owns real estate too. He actually bought his first really? rental at 14 years old. Oh my oh, gosh! Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so uh, he just saw you doing it, and he was interested in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he saw me doing it, and uh, you know, owning real estate and owning a business and, and speaking and all that stuff. And uh, one day he just came to me and said, "Dad, I want to buy a rental property," and I was like, "How are you going to do that?" He right. said, well, I, He says, I, "I said you don't have any money." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, I've got money." So I said, how much? And uh, he said, I've got about $10,000. And I said, well, that's not enough. And then what, what to me was the smart part is he said, well, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. I thought, that's a pretty smart question. I said, well, you can save more. Yeah. Or, you know, you can come up with other options mm-hmm. or you can partner with someone. Mm-hmm. So long story short, we ended up partnering with him. Uh, so we went 50-50 <laughs> in the house. Um, okay. So he owns a rental. It's over in the Katy area. Oh, nice. And, uh, and actually, believe it or not, my wife and I were joking because... We got the property fully rehabbed, done. I didn't, I didn't want to get a project. I wanted right. one that was ready to go. 
a good buddy of mine um, uh, sold it to me, and I paid I paid regular price. I didn't get a special deal, um, very fair, and uh, because the house was done, it's been no problems. So I mean, wow. we rented it three days later. My management company took it over. Wow. So I want him to look at owning real estate from an investor standpoint, right. not a landlord standpoint. It's a, it's a different, the different mindset. Absolutely, so. I'm glad you bring that up because I think that people that are getting into the investment world, real estate investing mm -hmm. in general, they don't understand sometimes the difference in that. Yeah, that's true. And I, I you know, my big belief is that the, you know it, it's a mindset difference, right? So the, the definition of a landlord is the person who wants to do it all. Um, they want right. to have control of the process from beginning to end. Right. Uh, they want to go to Home Depot and pick the SKUs. They want to pick right. the tenant. They want to have say. Um, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. That's mm -hmm. fine. But the only challenge is, is you're limited by your knowledge level mm -hmm. and by the hours in the day. So at, at some point, you will run out of space. Of You'll run out of time in the day. Right. Or you'll run out of knowledge. And that's when you can start making mistakes. And mm -hmm. the investor is the one who sits back and... To me, they, 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 they take, they get people on their team mm -hmm. and they get advice and they are the CEO of a company and the company is running with team members, whether, you know, agents, title companies, mortgage brokers, property management companies, all these people are doing their role mm -hmm. so that that person who's the CEO can leverage their time and do whatever they want and, right. and live life. And now you're listening to multiple people give you advice. You take that input in and then you make a decision based on that. Right, instead of busying yourself up with all the little minor things. Because that in and of itself, we both each have a rental property and um, luckily I don't think either one of us has gotten to the point where we can't handle sure. you know, one property, but, but I want to get to that our point our portfolio soon, so will Steve, grow. I need your advice. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's take yeah. it back. Like sure. so you are a commercial airline pilot. I am. Thank you for that I consider that yes. a service. <laughs> you guys, you keep, us, you keep us safe in the air and, yes, get, you know, yes. all that fun stuff. And yes. it's not just us. You fly like a big, humongous airplane. Yeah, I fly uh, 787 uh, for United Airlines and okay. uh, was with Continental prior uh -huh. uh, and uh, did a merger back in 2011, I believe. Right. Um, I've been with them since 1998. I was hired at 25. I was the uh, second youngest hired there. Wow. Um, lived in Guam, uh, flew all over the South Pacific all over Asia, uh, the islands and stuff, and then moved to Houston in August of 2001. Okay. Is that what brought you here, United? Or yeah, Continental, yeah, Continental, oh, we had a pilot base here. Right. Uh, okay. I was born and raised on the West Coast in, in Huntington Beach, Orange County area. Um, and uh, August of 2001, we moved here to Houston. September of 2001 is when 9-11 hit. Yeah. Right. And so to me, that was that was my life-changing moment that every, everybody has at some point. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I always tell people on September 10th, I had the best job in the world. I had the safest, secure yes. job yeah. that wow. it, it was untouchable. It was a career. And as a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do. Right. I, I only wanted to be a pilot. I just wanted to fly planes. And that's what I was doing. And I was living the dream of a, of a lifetime. September 11th happens. September 13th was kind of my day of reckoning because that was the day that I got served a furlough notice and basically was told that safe, secure job is not safe and secure right. and you're very expendable and at any moment we can get rid of you and wow. we will get rid of you and you're on a list now. So you go from this safe, secure job of September 10th to 72 hours and everything else, obviously all the travesties right, and everything, all, everything not, else you know, happened. Right. Yeah, but, but what you realize is at that at that moment, you realize like, wow, everything I've learned in my life could be useless because there was 50,000 other airline pilots that were out of jobs. You know, companies, I don't know if you remember, but airlines were going yes, out of business. Yeah. Airlines were going out you of business. You know, they had the, the high oil prices. Right. They had the, the burden flu. They had the SARS. It was a crazy time. It was, it was very crazy. And, uh, you know, price of oil was $100 a barrel. I mean, it was just everything was happening. I remember thinking when everything happened I mean we remember those days we were rushing to pick up our kids in school you know because you didn't know what was going to happen sure. that day I was going to work and that day. you were not in the air that day were you I was not okay. I was supposed to fly the next day actually. oh yeah. okay so um I remember being at home that evening or the night you know when no one was flying that week right. or whatever they shut all that down and I just remember looking up in the sky here in Houston and thinking there's no airplanes at any oh, given moment you can look up yeah. in Houston skies and see planes and it was just complete quietness it was very quiet well, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you from, from my perspective uh, about three or four days after that so I'd already been I'd already been given a notice that they said in 90 days we may or may not 
terminate your job or go on right. And so you're already in this fog because everything else is happening. Now you're thinking, wow, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I started looking in the WAN ads and stuff or, you know, and what's really scary is when you're so specialized in the field, like being an airline pilot, you're not qualified to do anything else. So I couldn't even drive a truck. Like I didn't have the qualifications and I'm thinking, right. I can fly an airplane with hundreds of people, but I'm not even qualified to drive a, a bus. Did you ever think, at, so up until this point in your life, you were living your dream, your number one goal in life to be this pilot. and. And did it ever cross your mind to have that backup plan? No, never. Because you were like... It's funny because I remember in Guam, uh, you know, it, it, every day was kayaking and surfing and, and yeah. it was just, you know, you're on an island. And I remember hearing about pilots that did other stuff. And yeah. I remember going home one day telling my wife, like, I don't know why these guys do these other gigs. Like, this is <laughs> stupid. Like, them. you're an airline pilot. Like, why yeah, would you do anything would you? else? Yeah, I mean, I, I literally said that. And yeah. my wife jokes at me now saying that. But um, so what was, going back to your point of, of no planes in the sky... About four days after, and, and at nine, the, when 9-11 happened, any plane that was in the sky had to land immediately wherever they right. were. So wherever you were, you had to land and you were anywhere in the world. Well, what happened then is all these planes were parked everywhere in the world. Right. And now they had to be repositioned back in, once they opened up the air, airspace again, they had to reposition these planes. Right. So they dispatched all these crews around the world to pick up these planes. So wow. I think I was in Denver or some airport. I, I, it, was, it was a fog. And I remember walking in the terminal, and if you're ever in a terminal when it's empty, it's a very, it's very so there's no people. It's creepy. Yes. It's these <laughs> huge cavernous buildings. Yes. And I remember looking out like at the tarmac and seeing hundreds of planes in a jigsaw just because they had no room for them all. Right. And I remember looking, and it looked like a graveyard of planes. And I remember thinking to myself, like, my life will never be the same ever right. again. Like, right. everything that I thought isn't. And so you realize, like, wow, that, you know, you get that shock, and after that shock wears off, you start to realize, like, okay, what, you know, you start, to me, it's like, okay, like, I've learned in, in aviation, whenever there's a problem or there's an emergency, you got to work the problem. you gotta, you got to work the solution. So right. you, you we're trained in that in flying. You know, you lose an engine, you got to work the problem. There's checklists, there's systems. So that, after the shock of everything, I kind of kicked in, and I was like, okay, i got to work the problem here. i got to figure out a solution. So I just started really learning and seeing what, what do people do? Like, what do successful people do? I had no idea. Because I was in this bubble. Yeah. Right. And so all of a sudden I'm looking around and, and it looked like to me, everyone that was doing something was tied to real estate at some level. Right. And I didn't know anything about real estate. My parents were not in real estate, didn't know anyone that did it, except yeah. for the few pilots that failed at it, you know, in the cockpit, yeah. hearing their stories, you know. <laughs> so I'm listening to their stories and, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, maybe I can learn something about this. So I start reading books on real estate, and it was almost like I, I went through like a looking glass of this new society, right. and they're using words and terms like cash on cash and ROI, right. and I'm thinking, what, what, what are all these things? Yeah, like I've yeah. no, I didn't even know this existed, but now I feel like I'm behind the gun. I feel like I'm behind the curve um, because I feel like, man, I'm, I'm, and at the time I was, I think I was 27 or 28 years old, but I'm thinking, I've lost time. Like I've lost the window of opportunity. I need to get going. Right. So I read about a book a week. Every week I wow. read a book. And I just wanted to learn as much as I could about this new world because I thought I've got to get something going. Because you know, we were one disaster away, away from the airlines going under or something. Right. I'm thinking, I've got to get some traction. So I remember I'd go to the library, because Amazon wasn't around none of those right. things. Oh, yeah. So I had to go to the library and I remember I had a library I got a library card and I go to the library and, and I used to go there sometimes when I would land, they, you know, you get an email saying you had a, car, a book ready for you. And I'll never forget, one day I went down there and I was like in my uniform and I was there to pick up a book. So I go outside the library and I've got my book and this older gentleman's like, can you valet my car? And I'm like, I, I can, I don't, <laughs> think that's, I don't think that's what I do, but I can, can do I, it, you know. Can I, if it's sure. a nice, I may just take <laughs> yeah, off with yeah. it. <laughs> but that's how out of my realm I yeah. was. Wow. And I was so aggressive. So anyway, so I started getting into it and I started... I kind of put a toe in the water by uh, wholesaling properties, okay. where you do it with option contracts right. and, and that kind of thing. And that was my way of getting into it by not getting into it. Like I didn't right. have to put any money up because right. um, I would, you know, you basically flip the contract, so mm -hmm. to speak. And so that's how I got into it. And I learned how to negotiate very well. And, and I took a lot of classes on, on speaking and negotiating and I took some courses on how to do it. And at the time they were doing double closings and stuff yeah. like this, whole bunch of stuff. They were doing crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting time. Definitely. It was, it and was. We, and we briefly talked about this. Her and I this morning drive in here to Clear Lake was like, we really hope on the lending side that we don't get into some well, yes, bad I was telling her, well, not yeah. to get off track, 
But I do want to take a quick moment um, to say a couple of things. Number one, I feel like I can relate so much to your story because I too, on that 9-11, I was driving to work as a financial advisor during that time. So my world did change as yeah, well, sure. like yours. Yeah. Um, well, obviously at a whole different level. But seeing what happened to the economy on the business side, um, for me was just like, it was a whole opening, eye-opening experience. And I started noticing also, my clients that had all this money invested, um, not just with me and stocks and all this stuff we were doing, all of their investments, a lot of them that were truly successful were real estate investors. And yes. I thought, why, like how, how is it that, you know, this very, you know, um, successful doctor or attorney or whatever they were, um, always the common denominator was real estate yeah. and wealth. So I, I needed to also find out and I ended up eventually moving out of the financial world and that's why now I'm in real estate. But I love your journey because you mm -hmm. were just like, this is what I'm doing. Well, I wish I could say it ended happily, but it, it was, it, there was a lot more potholes so on the more. way. So wholesaling got you, because as a wholesaler, you don't right. have to have a license. Correct. Correct. And so that kind of got your foot in the door. Got my foot learned in the door, a lot. learned a lot, and, right. and I really wanted to get on the path of owning stuff. Right. Um, and obviously everybody, it, it's always the grass is greener, right? And everyone mm -hmm. was going towards, you know, owning uh, either, either multiple houses or apartments or stuff like right. that. Right. So I joined a local uh, investment club here in Houston and met a lot of, of good people, a lot of education, just really kept trying to learn more and more and more. Um, and I, I did pretty well uh, wholesaling the properties, uh, made a lot of money, mm -hmm. and I ended up taking that money and buying into an apartment complex. Oh, nice. So I was a partnership um, with uh, three other people, and one other person, uh, Pete Newbig, who uh, he and I actually started the business together and kept the journey going to today. Okay. So uh, believe it or not, we are still we are st we're still friends. Is everything we've gone through. <laughs> yeah. um, Real but, estate will either make you or break oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. relationships. Yes. Um, and so what what we ended up doing was after we we uh, the apartment complex was over off of uh, Wirt Road in, in Spring Branch area. Right. Winona area. Yep. And Yes. Well, it was up and coming. Is it near Fiesta? <laughs> well, you know, Fiesta wasn't there, but what happened to be there was a church right next door to us, and on the other side was a private school, oh, and yeah. they were doing a lot of regentrifying the area. Yes. And so we knew that the church or the school was gonna make a move. Right. Well, the church ended up making a move and putting an offer in to buy it from us. Um, and so just to give you time frame, that was about 2005, I believe, when we bought the apartment mm -hmm. complex. So this is about 2006. Um, and they put in an offer to purchase the house, purchase uh -huh. the apartment complex. It was a, I think it was a 40 unit, 39, 40 okay. unit. Okay. Um, and they purchased from us cash. But we had what's called a conduit loan, and a conduit loan has to go the distance. You cannot, you cannot refi out of it or sell it. You have to do the distance mm -hmm. uh, to to the end of it. So, the end of it was going to be, I believe, in two thousand seven and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so they gave us non-refundable money. They bought the, they bought it from us, and then of course, you know, two thousand seven, the economy yeah, changed. Everything went well. Good. The nice thing about the church is the church pays cash, mm -hmm. right. so that was not a problem for them. Because we were sitting there going, like, is this is this going to go? Like, right. what's going to happen? And, you know, owning apartments, I tell people, there's there's great things about owning apartments. There's also some bad things about owning apartments. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, you add zeros to the profit. You also add zeros to the expenses and the losses. True. And, you know, for us in that apartment complex that we owned, um, the city really didn't want us there because they are trying to rezone it. Mm -hmm. So occupancy permit issues, uh, insurance issues, I mean, you name it. And it, everybody looks at you as the person who has a bunch of money because you own the apartment complex. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're just someone trying to, you know, just like owning houses, you're just trying to make it work and right. trying to get something. Right. So we learned a lot about that. And so we sold the apartment complex and we decided, you know, unless we could have a larger equity stake in owning a multifamily, it doesn't make sense. And in Houston at the time, and I'm not as much into multifamily anymore, um, but at the time you needed to have at least 75 doors or more to have a full on-site staff. Right. So, and at, and at the cost of the doors and the money we needed, we did not have enough capital to have such a higher leverage position and right. be able to, to have that many doors. So let's okay. just, it just didn't work for us. Yeah. So we thought, okay, let's take this money and buy some single family houses. Right. So I had already had a couple. I bought one or two at the time, and uh, my business partner Pete comes to me, and he and I said, "Hey, why don't we own a couple rentals together and see how it goes?" Okay, that's great. And I'm still flying full time, and he was working uh, in head of an IT department for a department store chain. 
And uh, so he comes to me one day and he says, hey, I found these great deals. And I'm like, okay, what are they? And he goes, well, there's a ton of them and I, we can get as many as we want. They're high cash flow. They make a lot of money and they're very inexpensive and they're called low income houses. And I'm yeah. like, okay. I'm like, well, what's, what's the trick? What's the right. deal? And he says, nothing. He goes, there's a ton of them. We can get as many as we want. And I'm like, well, great, let's, let's do it. Right. So the term is low income, high cash flow properties. So the low income part was right. The high cash flow. Not so much. So within about a year, year and a half, we buy about 20 houses. So we just kind of push all in. I'm like, I'm the type of person that's just all in. Right. And once he, once he got my focus onto that, I'm all in. So we get about 20 of these things in about a year. And next thing you know, our phone starts ringing. And y'all are buying them and holding them. Buying them and, and holding them. them. Buying them, holding them, fixing them up. Them. And okay. of course, we should have had an, an indication when some of these houses were boarded up oh and some God. of the very bad areas yeah. and stuff. But but that didn't phase us because we were so smart because we just sold an apartment complex. Yeah. What could go wrong? You know right? what you're doing. We know what we're doing. You know. Yeah. So we buy these houses and after about 20, about a year or so, we start getting these phone calls. Uh-huh. And these people want things. And they want things like maintenance yeah and they're called tenants and all of a sudden yeah. they have a bunch of problems <laughs> they have a bunch tenants. of challenges residents <laughs> hey, my right AC's not working yeah they have, they have a bunch of challenges and the residents are um, they can't pay the rent and all of a sudden yeah. it's now it's starting to the, the reality is it's a lag time right, right. So the lag is starting to catch up to us and then next thing you know we're realizing like okay this is this is a lot harder than we thought it was right. and we had no systems no nothing um, so, of course, when you start getting desperate because tenants are leaving, we fix a maintenance problem, right. tenants would leave. And our make ready, so our average tenant stayed about eight months, mm-hmm. which is horrible. So they didn't even yeah, complete, they they didn't complete a year. Yikes. Our make ready costs were three times the amount than we thought because when the tenants would leave, they would take a lot of parting gifts with them, like wiring. ACs. Just I think we. Minor items. Just minor things, right? That's Plants, happened, that's ceiling fans. both of us. Yeah. yeah. And so basically what happened was, is we started going into this, started a slow downward right. cycle. So when, yeah. you, when that happens, you go off of emotion and you start reacting. So we started True. saying, you know what, let's, let's do rent deposit specials. Let's do bad credit okay, let's do this. So of course, in hindsight, what were we thinking? I don't know. Right. So Bringing our, in more of the trouble than yeah. the actually stuff. Yeah, it, was, it, it, it got really bad. And but everybody needs a place to live. Everybody needs a place, and we're in a, we're <laughs> in a market true. that we're in a market where there's a lot of fish and there's a lot of residents that can pay for it. So we thought this this works. Yeah. Like we're doing something wrong. So like any two males that think that we can do anything correctly on our own, we buy another fifteen. Oh well, of course. Yeah, of so, course, right? So at this stage <laughs> stage of purchasing the twenty homes, it was just you two kind of managing it, property managing. I don't want to say we were managing it. I think we were we were hanging on by you the were tail. Just yes, hanging on there, trying to not be considered a slumlord. You know? we, we, we were just <laughs> yeah. trying to keep our head above water. Above I mean, water, it was it was, yeah. it was literally like uh, every day there would be a problem with one of the properties. There would be because these were older houses, so they required right. more maintenance. So all of a sudden, the tenants would call and say, like, oh, the breakers aren't working. Did you um, right. ever think about getting a home warranty on any of these, <laughs> Kim? I, d- I did not. Um, I, uh, let me let me insert my moment here. I'm Kimberly Espathian, and I work full-time <laughs> for 210 Home Buyers Warranty. There you go. And we help out guys like these guys. Probably would have helped us a lot. Yes, and that, I preach that a lot, too. Is, but that's another part of education, Right. is us educating. Sure property managers and um, right. investors that we can come in and help you guys offset some of these expenses sure and hassle with contractors absolutely yeah um, and so it, it it got to a point that even though we thought that buying more properties like we're halfway through the hill yeah if we keep pushing through we can get economies of scale like from an apartment right. level size right well that was not happening at all it actually got worse it was I tell people it's like taking a fire and throwing gasoline on it and it just exploded in our faces and it got worse and I I joke because my wife told me at one point she's like you suck at buying like you need to stop (laughs) you guys are no good and if you buy another one it better be nice because you guys are going to be living in it because you guys are no good at this I mean it was frustrating well we were addicted to buying and she was doing the she was doing the accounting I was going to ask you did she have a she was doing the finances so she's like I'm looking at the numbers you are not fixing the problem. Like it is not getting better. It's not getting right. better. And then of course we had Hurricane Ike roll through. Yes. We lost like 20 roofs. I mean, it was just, it, it was one thing. Snowball after a snowball. Yeah. So, so your how did you come out? Yeah. Of, so you've grown this. to like 
30 40, something, 35, homes, yeah, yeah. 35 homes or so. Yeah, so um, it's funny, and I talk about this in my book, we got to, we had that point. Right. We had that, we had that bottoming point, and the bottoming point was we had a property on the east side, and we were basically out of money, and so we needed to do a make ready, because the tenant skipped, and yeah. so I tell, I tell Pete, I said, hey, why don't we just meet at the property, and you and I trash it out, and mm -hmm. save some money, let's get mm -hmm. it trashed out so that they can just start the make ready on it. Right. So he takes a half day off work. I actually land from flying a plane, and I show up there, and I'm in like my uniform. Yeah. And it's, it's in a not, not a good part of right. town, right? But we kind of know the guys, because the locals, because we're there all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there in my pilot uniform and he's in his regular clothes. So we basically strip out of our clothes and put our street clothes on. And these the locals are probably thinking these are either cops or the stupidest guys we've ever met in our lives. Because what are they doing here during the yeah, day? Yeah, so, what's wrong with them? Yeah, so we go into this house. It was a two-bedroom two house. And it looked like aliens may have just taken this lady out of there and left everything, like coffee in the coffee pot. Oh, my Like, goodness. I mean, now this yeah. had been two months, Complete. though, that she left. Food in the fridge. Oh, I mean, there was like there was like stuff, wedding yeah. albums, Aww, clothes. I mean, that's sad. so we're sitting there going like, looking what at she, she live, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Is there something going on? Move something, she's there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we ended up trashing out this house, and it was every bit of uh, if there was less than a thousand cockroaches in this thing, I would in the ceiling falling on us. The, the 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 refrigerator. I think Pete threw up like three times oh, trying to get the refrigerator because some stuff fell on him. It was funny at the time, probably not uh, funny now, but anyways. And, and for the record, trashing out means taking everything out. Taking everything out, out. Taking, removing everything. all the debris. Going in no, there and no. creating. I have another friend, and he's an investor that I've worked with before. His name's Michael. Um, hi, Michael. But um, he has told me where he's gone to preview homes before they buy them. Oh. And he has, like, he calls them his flea jeans. Yeah. Because of fleas and stuff. Oh, my like, gosh. he'll take yeah. off his business attire, put on the fleet clothes, and then put, when he's done, put those in a bag. And then you almost need a I, disinfecting machine. I'm to like, go oh walk my through. god, you need like a biohazard suit <laughs> yeah. to walk yeah. into yeah. these places. So you were definitely so, not so, enjoying that. Yeah, moment. so it was just it was this horrible thing. So we're all done doing yeah. this, right? And we had to pay someone to haul it off, and right. I mean, it didn't save us and much that money. That is so expensive. Right. It was hauling yeah. trash. Yeah, it's definitely absolutely. Crazy. So when it all said and done, I'm kind of proud, thinking, hey, we saved some money, right? So I tell him, I said, and he's like, got throw up on him, and we got trash on us. And I said, hey, man, I said. How much do you think we saved today doing this? And he look, and the look, I'll never forget the look on his face when we're standing in the street. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, what? And he goes, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a pilot. He goes, yeah. He goes, how much do you make an hour? I'm like, and I told him. And he goes, I know what I do for a living and yeah. what I make for an hour. He goes, do you know how much time we wasted here yeah. today? Uh -huh. He goes, I am never, ever doing this again. He goes, we either fix this problem or we sell them all right now. Yeah. He said, I'm done. <laughs> And so we took our clothes and we put them off and, and then he left, he drove off. And I was standing there with, with his clothes in the street, you know, and all the neighbors are picking through all the stuff on the front yard. Oh, I mean, God, it's just, yeah. you know, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, and then I thought to myself, what am I doing? Like, he's right. Like, yeah. I didn't get into this to have this kind of life. Right. I got into this for retirement. Right, right. This has taken a huge left turn that we caused, that I caused. So we thought, okay, we can, we, we, we can do this. So we sat down and said, okay, we have three issues, three options. One is we sell them all. Two is we hand them over to a management company. And three is we self-manage them. Those are our options. Mm -hmm. So this is about 2009. No one's getting a loan. No. So selling no them was not an option. That was People not going to happen. losing homes. Yeah. Yes. Management company, self-management. So we said, let's hand them over to a management company. We won't be as emotionally close to them. Mm -hmm. Let's let them handle yeah. them. So we hand them over to them and uh, we... He says, well, let me make some phone calls and let me see what I can find out. Yeah. So he calls me a couple days later and he's like, we got a problem. I'm thinking, did we buy another one? Like, what did we do? He goes, nobody will take them. I'm um, like, what do you mean? He says, nobody wants them. I'm like, what do you mean they don't want them? He goes, they said they'll never make money. They're a lot of work. Same problems we're having, they're going to have. Yeah. It's not worth their time. Right. And they don't want them. I'm like... But you and I, and I remember I told him I'm like, but you told me these were slamming deals. Like you specifically told me these are great deals. He's like, we have a problem. So the 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 last option was self managing. So I thought, okay, we're not the dumbest people in the world. We're not the smartest, obviously, but we're not the dumbest. So we sit down and we said, okay, I've got the background of being an airline pilot, system structure checklist, yes. right. which we never had. We never crossed that. We never really thought to cross that over. He's from the IT world, so we thought, okay, you know what, we can do this. 
So for about six months, we sat down and we plumbed the infrastructure of how we would want our properties to run as a management company right. for ourselves. So about six, nine months, we said, okay, here's what we're doing. If they don't pay, we're doing the eviction. If this, that, no emotions, just, we're sticking yeah, to our Yeah, mindset and strategy were completely different. It totally was a, was a flip of a switch. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up kicking out about 70% of our tenants, wow. which they weren't paying anyway, so they're just right. taking a bear, right? Um, so we kicked them out, we put good tenants in, and they stabilized. Now, about a year, you know, doing all this. Right. They never actually made us money, but they stopped bleeding us to death, which right. was the key. Right. And so what happened was, is we had other people approach us and say, hey, see what happened to you guys, people that we knew in the industry, we, so we told them. And they said, man, that's the same problem I'm having. Could you manage our houses? And at first we're like, no way. We don't want your problems. We barely figured out ours, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the last thing we want to do. And so then we started thinking about it, like we still wanted to buy properties, but now we could actually, maybe we charge a fee and we could start scaling. So the first thing we did is we went to a business coach and we said, do we have a business? So we told him our history, we told him what we're doing and he says, well, you've got the opportunity, you've got the market and you have scalability. By definition, yes, there is a business here. You guys, I don't know if you guys are smart enough to make a business, but you have a business. So. We hire him on the spot. He's our business coach. Can't He's afford very to have him. Yes, uh, we had him till the till basically till we sold the company. Right. Um, for about seven years, we had him as a coach. Okay. Every week, we went to his office and we were coached by him. Um, and he he without him, we wouldn't have been around. Without right. a doubt, right. I, I give him the credit to do this. And he was a local. Local in Houston. Okay. Um, and uh, great guy. Uh, and it wasn't real estate, it's just business. It's right. how to run a business. Right. So we had to learn all these business. And I like that because Which sometimes like, you yeah. really need to kind of step out of your world right. for a moment and get the opinion of a third party looking right. in. Absolutely. Different perspective. Yeah. And yeah. if he's managing different kinds of businesses, some of those ideas can filter through to yours. Yeah. yeah. And so we learned all the, and that, that's a good point because a lot of people, they get into real estate thinking they're owning real estate. And I mm -hmm. tell them, you own four walls and a roof. Yeah. It's the business running in the four walls right. and the roof that's going to make you the return. You're not yes. owning real estate is not a goal. Owning real estate is a strategy to get you to a goal. To a goal. Exactly. And yeah. so that's what I we learned from being coached. And so as we started growing with the coach, learning all these acronyms and terms and new philosophies mm -hmm. and getting mentored by very very intelligent, successful people over the years, we were able to grow our business here in Houston very very fast, very large. Um, exponentially large than, than most competitors just because we looked at it as a business now. And I would tell people, I'm not a property manager, I own a business that manages properties. Different thing. Right. And so we, we learned a lot of, you know, client acquisition costs and lifetime of a client and, you know, those kinds of things. And so we grew our company for the last seven years. Um, and then recently we merged with Mind Property Management, right. who's um, out of Oakland area. And they are, they are very progressive. Um, just like us, very, very educated minded. Um, and our whole thing was we wanted to be education driven. Like I, I believe that since no one was there to help me, if I can give that back to people, that's what I want to do. And so Mind has given me that opportunity when I joined with them uh, to do that on a, on a much larger national level. And that's, that's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Like we were telling you earlier, education's big on us. We, we want, that's why we're here every Monday is to bring some sort of education and knowledge to you know to our viewers and to our community and to houston texas yeah. you know yeah. and our little tidbit each right. week hopefully benefits these guys and that are guests watching and their their guests. Guests. well and yeah. i think there's a lot of people out there that that you know the, the challenge with real estate is that you can do whatever you want to do right i was my, my camera guy that i work with he always jokes because i always say the great thing about real estate is there's no rules the bad thing about real estate is there's no rules. So, <laughs> I was going to say, there's no rules. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. And, and you know, there's a lot of self-doubt that you, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, right? A lot of, I think a lot of investors, they think the, the first thing you need to do is go buy a house. Just get a deal. I don't agree with that because I've done that 20 times over. And unless you've had those sleepless nights mm -hmm. of how are you going to pay your mortgage mm -hmm. and, yeah. and how are you going to get out of this mess that you made, it's right. not a good place to be. I tell people... What you need to do first is figure out your goal right. of where are you going and why are you even owning real estate and then what is the strategy to get you there. So a lot of people say like, should I flip, should I this? I say, well, where, where are you going? Like, where's your destination? And then let's build the right strategy because if you want to flip properties but you're looking for passive income, right. not, you're on, you Two know, different they're, things. they're different. just different strategies. Mm -hmm. they, they could get you to a destination but it's a different, it's a, you're on different freeways. Right. 
So I think it's important. And you know what happens? I think they see someone that, like you, successful, has this company that merged with another wonderful company, and you've had all this experience, mm -hmm. you've written a book, they see the glamorous side of things. They don't, yeah, they didn't they don't see, see all the struggles or all the nights or all the, you know, what you yeah. just described. So everybody thinks, oh, real estate, I'm just going to get in it and it's going to be fabulous. Well, HGTV so, has right. made it. They glamorized it. They, they glamorized, glamorized yeah. real estate. Now, I always give credit back to those shows because that's actually what motivated me you know, to get in real estate 14 years ago was, sure. you know, seeing the, oh, they're doing it. Well, if they're doing it, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it's funny because, and I agree with you, and, and that's why, you know, we talk about bigger pockets, and, right. and I really like them, and right. I, I do stuff with them as well. And I just, you know, I, I we created a Facebook group uh, on the Mastermind Real Estate Investment Club, and it's just to help, you know, I don't like the fact that everyone is telling you their wins and no one tells you their losses. Right. Yeah. No one has a bad day. And I think to myself, really? Right. Nobody, ha I'm the only one that's owned real estate that's had a bad day. Right. And when I talk to people, the real people, and that's why we had this, we started this Facebook group and we have a, a podcast show and stuff because I just want people to educate and learn the real reality of owning real estate. There are days you're going to get punched in the face. Oh yeah. There are days that you're going to go, man, I just do not want to get up. But I want to hear from the people that said, this is why I got up and this is how I tackled this mm -hmm. and this right. is why I'm either better or I'm worse because of it. I mean, there's there's people that make a decision and they go, you know what, I'm, I'm pushing all in and they go, wow, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. You don't right. hear those stories. They're like, right. I pushed all in and I won. Exactly. But there's opposite ones, but there's lessons to be learned from those stories if you take it as a lesson. Right. Yeah. And I think that's very important because when you do, even when you go to these um, investment clubs, yep. You hear a lot of, and I've gone to a yeah. few, who hasn't, right? right. You, there's a lot of hoorah-rah, you know, to pump you up. Exactly. Which I, I'm all about being pumped up and being motivated, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of hard work. It, the there is, and it, it's, you know, the, the thing is, is, and you talk to anyone that's successful, anyone here in Houston, anywhere nationally, everybody will tell you, man, I made a lot of mistakes. But what they've done is they've been consistent. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, it's not perfection, it's persistency. And if you can just get up every day and keep doing what you're supposed to do and have your eye on the goal of your destination, of your goal, and you just keep doing it, you're gonna get there. The ones who give up, I guarantee you, you won't, I guarantee you, you are not gonna get there yeah. if you give in and give up, you know? Right. And everyone, that, and I'm sure people you've talked to, everybody has a story of when they've gotten ripped off, right. failed, this, you know, whether it ha whether they did it to themselves or somebody did it to them, everybody has those right. stories. It's what you take away from those stories and how you get back up the next day mm -hmm. and go at it. And that's to me like, I, 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 every day I get up and I do my thing. I do the same right. thing and I don't deviate from my plan. Right. Um, and again, I didn't come from this great <laughs> prolific, you know, family that, that, that was motivators and this, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a great childhood growing up and but I didn't know anything about real estate. I had to right. learn all this on my own. And to me, the one thing I've learned about all these people is they're very good at just setting their focus and driving to that focus every single day. And I think that's the social media yeah. challenge. Right, and what well, better way to, to say that now, starting at the beginning of right. a new year and a new decade, yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. Well, and one of the things that I know Kim always hears me say when we talk, and we're discussing, you know, projects or things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is this getting you closer to your goal or away from your, away goal? From your goal? Because yeah. it's that. It's constantly reminding ourselves, you know, what is that goal that I want? Yeah. Am I doing something? Am I saying yes to this, which is saying no to that? You yeah. know, and, and it is hard sometimes and, and I, with getting sidetracked. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a challenge that I say yes to a lot of things. Because yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And all yeah. of a sudden it's like, you said yes to everything and you can only have time for one. Yes. Right. And so I, I and that, yeah. yeah. You know, well, we're working on better. It's, it's hard. It's, yeah. you know, and again, you know, when, when you're, you're doing events and you're speaking yes. and, and stuff and somebody wants you to speak at their event, it's, it's flattering. You know, there's an right. ego involved, obviously. Right. You go, man, that'd be great. I'd love to go speak at your event. I've, I've been to your event. I'd love to be a speaker there. But then you really got to ask yourself, is that really part of my goal? Right. Is that taking me further away or closer to? Right. And you have to make some hard decisions. And, and I that, think we all have a hard time with that. 2019, that was my year where I said um, no a lot to things after five. 
yeah. p.m. Because the prior years, I was doing events all day long and then going to events at night. And how many happy hours, really, at the end of the day are going to bring you business? What actually worked, right? Or, right. So, at the end of, like, 2018 is when I sat down and I said, for 2019, what was my ROI on doing these events with certain people? I love all of y'all that are watching, and I have may have declined your request to be there, but it it's just, it takes away time from your personal life, whether you want to spend the after five to go to the gym or work out or be with your non real estate friends, your family, your right. kids. You it's just I think it's a matter of, of putting in in priority. What's yeah. a, what's a priority? What's a priority? That, that's all yeah. it is. It's, you, you have to prioritize and when everything's important nothing's important exactly and, and, and I, yeah. I have a challenge with that also sometimes where I want to do so many things and what I'll do is I'll keep backing my day up so now I'm getting up at you know I'll get up at 4 a.m. or 3 30 a.m. go to the gym and you know all of a yeah. sudden you you, you know it, it's you're, you're losing somewhere there's yeah. only 24 hours in the, the day hey, exactly. where, where am I sleeping now I gotta go to sleep at 7 so I can get up yeah, at 3 yeah know? and that's yeah. that's not the best thing to no. do either you no. know so um, yeah I think again the, the new year like you know where we're at right now right. I think it's so important to not only you know set your goals but you know set them to where they're achievable and there's something that you're consistently doing on a daily basis right I mean I've already right. been to the gym and I already see the gym thinning out of yeah. people it's oh, only yeah. been a week it's and I'm like right. that was quick like right. this is getting quicker it used we, to be a month now it's like two weeks that, that it happened you know what's so funny true. is that like so I, I've been going to the gym for 20 years, yeah. so whatever, you know, so that's nothing new in my life. It's yep. something that's always been there, whether I post it on social media or not. But it was funny because I, I was like, I posted a January photo and it was all the comment. And I'm like, I won't post no more selfies until December 31st, <laughs> 2020 yeah. gym selfies, you know. But one of the comments like, oh, you got it, you got it. And I was like, oh, thanks. But don't, like you said, I've, I've made that a priority in my life for, for many, many years, whether I look like it or not. It's just something I enjoy. Sure. I go to the gym and I like to cycle. It's your time. But it's my time right. away. Right. Um, but so I go, it's, tradition has always been to go to the gym on New Year's Day. It's right. open. Nothing else is going on. Why not go to the gym that day? So go to the gym on New Year's Day and my regulars are there at LA Fitness. It wasn't super busy. It was a couple of new people. But like you said, you always start seeing, by the end of January, it's then back then out. It's back, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what I've learned is, um, with a lot of the goals, and I, I'm very fascinated by why is it some people are successful with their goals and others are not. Because everybody has the same intention. Right. right. Whether it's a, Jan we'll just say a January 1, you know, uh, start, you know, starting the race. Um, everybody wants that, but there's some people that fall off and some people don't. And I always wonder like, what? causes some people to be successful they don't they don't have 25 hours so they don't have an extra hour right. they're doing something with their day and something with their prioritizing their time to make that success and, and the more that I've learned number one they write it down right first and right. foremost you definitely have to yeah. write because if down. not it's just a dream Mine's on a big whiteboard yeah and, <laughs> and you know what I do is I I, I do the uh, have you ever heard of I am statements uh, yes. I am yeah so it's, it's more of a um, what you see yourself in the future in the mm -hmm. present tense, uh -huh. um, but those should be tied to your goals. Mm -hmm. right. And I write mine down every single morning when I get up. I write them down and I write what I'm doing today and what I'm, my goals are and what I'm gonna accomplish and part of my bigger goal. So I'm cognizant of that every day so that I'm pushing, so it's not like I wrote a goal and then December 31, I pulled those goals out and go, oh, I wonder if I made it or not, you yeah. know? Yeah, right. And so because, it, because it's, it's top of mind every day, right. I'm, at least I'm thinking about it. Whether I right. do it or well, not, I'm thinking about it. And I think you have a great point there because I think a lot of people do like have that great idea and want that goal to, to happen for them this year. But they'll write it down maybe or they might just think about it, but then their mindset does never changes. Well, yeah. So it doesn't match what they yeah. truly are seeing. It's because they don't believe that's they true. Don't believe they, that. they, they, exactly. they know it's not true, but you know, they. it's funny. I. I they, inside their head, it's like, oh, how am I going to even achieve that? Well, and then start talking. Yeah, and it's like, if I post it on social media, it's going to happen. It's like, and I tell people, you know, at the end of the day, no. nobody, <laughs> look, nobody really cares about yeah. what someone does. Like, I tell people, look, I, I'd love to help you, but at the end of the day, I have my own things that I'm doing. Right. I don't care about your problems. I'll right. help you and do what I can, right. but at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I do. You have to do what you do on your own time. Right. Like, because it's, it's what you do, it's what you do on your own time that makes the difference. It's not what you tell me. I'm not, just because I say good job, it's not going to make you, you know, successful in real estate. Right. And, you know, 
and I know there's a real estate show, so right. you know, when it comes to people that want to do deals, it seems like nowadays, from what I'm seeing at least, is go to the the HGTV, the flashy, mm -hmm. but they don't want to actually put in the work to what it takes to get those deals. Whether it's making a hundred phone calls to get ten, mm -hmm. to get five, to get right. one, they right. want that easy button. And so they, you know, then what happens? They get ripped off right. because they're taken advantage of because they didn't take the time to educate themselves. And so right. I always tell people, you know, we were talking earlier about what people should do first. I think educating yourself, yeah. right. setting up your goals, setting up your strategy, and then setting up your team. And then from there, the, the, to me, the deal is the last piece of the puzzle. So, you know, a lot of people like on bigger pockets and stuff, they'll ask me like, you know, how, you know, where should I invest? I'm like, depends on your goal. It depends on what your end destination yeah. is because you know if I told you a strip mall in downtown Houston that could be a great deal but it could make you go bankrupt so what a good deal to me is could be a bad deal for you and so it just depends on everybody has a different goal so when somebody says like oh it doesn't make any money I'm like really like it, it just because it's not pushing off cash flow maybe it's going up in appreciation maybe the house is in San Francisco and it's going up in value if you could afford for it to be negative geared, meaning not making positive cash flow, and you can do that for five years, you're gonna do much better than a $200 a month cash flow property, but do you have right. the ability? So it could, it is a good deal, it just may not be the right deal. And that's, to me, where the education comes in. And that's where, it's, it's, that's where I say that it's dangerous because there's no rules in real estate. Yeah. And that's how you can get hurt. Right. Well, and you can only see it one way, like you said. And it is interesting too. Uh, I have gone in and I, like even, something that I wanted to sell and I was looking at it you know me as a starter looking at it from one angle and they're like well have you considered this what I mean it's really performing well on this side of the equation and it is so important to educate yourself and to get with people that know the market or know um, the information that sure. you even need to be looking at right. because you might not even know that that's what I you mean need to look there at. is so much good now, there's so much good information, and, and I and I said there's there's a lot of bad information. Yeah, very so true. The only difference of you knowing that is like I, I see a lot of people in a, you know in a lot of these forums and stuff. They'll say like people will start talking about a deal. Like they'll throw a deal up there and they'll go, "Is this a good deal?" And people will chime in, "Yes, it's good." No, it's bad. And and I'm like, it's only a good deal if you know what your goals are. Based on your goals, this could be a great deal. Your goals, it may be a bad deal. I don't even know what my goals are. So I said, if I don't know where you're going, it's like jumping on the freeway and me asking right. you directions, where are you going? That's the first question you ask, right? right? Where yeah. are you going? And you go, I don't know. I'm just going to get on the freeway. So <laughs> it's like happens. saying, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have it's your like, roadmap. Yeah, you've got you know, to know where you're going you're because going. you don't want to be, like if I'm looking for a property, let's say my goals are to buy and hold mm -hmm. and you're a, a, a flipper and right. you're flipping properties. And I look at this deal and I go, hey, do you think this is a good deal? And you're like, yeah, that's a great deal. Well, you're just telling me this is a good deal based on your goals. My, yeah. And I go, man, I bought this and I, went, and, and, and I lost all my money. It's like, well, because you had the wrong goal. So that's why it's so important. That I tell people, sharpen that mental axe before you swing it. Because once that money goes hot and you own that property. Yes. It's a it's whole another story. It's, it's a whole another story. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. And, and again, I fell victim to that because I was buying deals based on cash flow or uh, perceived cash flow uh, on paper um, and that was great but that was not the types of properties that I wanted to have I wanted properties that appreciated in value well right. these properties in these areas were low-income properties they don't go up in value right. mm -hmm. if somebody would have said hey Steve why are you buying all these and I would have said well this is what I want they would have said that's not gonna this get you not, that. Right. but nobody and I never asked and nobody ever offered me that information the people who said it was a great deal were the ones who were selling it to me. <laughs> so of course, right? So it's, it's a, a good deal for them. Yeah, yeah, it's a great deal. Yeah, they just for them. It. Yeah, and so the, again, that's why I learn. I'm like, you know, if if I would have learned that now, I learned a lot of valuable lessons, right. and you know, a, but there was a lot of sleepless nights, heartache, oh, I can a imagine. lot of a lot of lot of. Uh, a lot of meetings. your wife getting yeah. after you. You have to have a strong stomach for real estate, I think. Sometimes. So you, we had the properties. You've now the business. Your business has now been. Um, you're partnered with Mind. Correct. And they are nationwide. Yeah, they're in uh, right now. Mind is in 16 markets. Okay. Um, with us, they're in, they're in Houston, Dallas, uh, San Antonio, and they'll be growing the presence now uh, in the in the Texas footprint. And you're still on board. What is your role with them? Uh, I'm the vice president of investor education. Okay. So just like we're doing here, yeah, I, I am the forward facing to investors. So I, again, doing what I love doing. I, we have the podcast show. Right. Um, it's called The Mindful Investor. 
Uh, we've got the Facebook group, the Mastermind Real Estate Investment Club, and then they put on events, uh, free events for investors in locations. So we'll be doing them here. Okay. Um, they've been sending me out to like uh, Vegas and San Francisco and San Diego, where I go there and I just speak about owning out of state. And so we okay. talk about the different, and this is kind of a cycle that we do. So we talk about the local market, but then we also talk about, listen, that, you know, if you're in San Francisco, you may not be able to reach your goal because the strategy doesn't work. If right. you don't have, you can only own one property in San Francisco or you can own five in Houston. Mm -hmm. So I'm just giving them the That's, idea that the world is bigger and right, you don't have right. to. And, and my whole thing is what I've learned is, you know, when, when we had Empire, um, 50 to 60% of our clients were out of state and out of country owners. Never even touched foot in Houston. Mm -hmm. So I, I would tell people. I see that a lot here. It's, it's right? very, yeah. yeah. Well, Houston's a very transient city. Right. Um, because of the oil and the expatriates and stuff. And I tell people, what is it they know that you don't locally? Mm -hmm. Because all these people are coming in from out of country and out of state and they're buying here. There are great deals here. Your, you know, the vision you have, your mm -hmm. perspective is off. Because you're saying these are bad deals. When I'm in San Jose or San Francisco and I'm telling them the numbers of houses, they're like, I'll buy four right now. Right. So I'm like, why is it they'll buy four and you won't buy any here? It's just, it's the perspective, it's different goals, different strategies. But if everyone understood the strategy of what they were doing, and I'll talk to someone and say, like, for example, we'll look at a house that's a hundred dollars cash flow, and I'll say, is this a good deal or a bad deal? And they'll say, oh, that's a bad deal. And I say, well, why do you say that? And they'll say, well, it doesn't make any money. And so we'll go, I'll walk yeah, them through how yeah, it yeah. makes money with appreciation, debt pay down, tax depreciation, all these other things that it does make money, equity capture, maybe not the cash flow, but all these other realms. And then they're like, I'm like, if, if your strategy is buy and hold for 30 years, this There's, will make money. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just not gonna make money on the one thing that you're thinking of, but you're not looking at all pieces the of the big puzzle. Picture. And that's, that's just true. the education, I think, that's important. You have to definitely do that. Can we take a moment and yes, say hi Yes, we to, wanna say hello we to We have some. not, um, thank you for watching and being with us this morning, but we have not said hello to so, oh, wow. I, I can do my A show. lot of people on there. Good morning. Hi, uh, thank you for watching Ajax. Debbie. Glenn Moser. Hi, Glenn. Um, whoops, I went too far. Uh, Ashley, good morning. Felipe Galvan. That's from Los Carnales. Good morning. <laughs> I like to roll by R's there. <laughs> you did good. Uh, Sean Broussard. Dianette, good morning. Yolanda Hernandez. Tamika Wilson. Roger Hernandez. Alex Reina. Mirza, good, good morning, morning from Florida. Um, Jason, hi, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Kelly Ramos, Michelle Trevino, Eric De La Garza, Jose Jimenez, good morning. Jim Reagan, good morning, Jim. Marsha Scott. Are those all comments? Uh, they're people, people that are watching. Marsha wow. Scott, good morning. She's with Perry Holmes. Um, Curtis Brown, Fina. Uh, Marta, good morning, Digna. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I know we have probably some more on the other And we are going side, to put um, his information on our comments and share out all of his links so that you guys can join the Facebook group, follow him. Um, if you have properties that you need help with managing, he's the one you should call. Um, also, information about your book. I think it's such a great yeah. The book, uh, the book is the book is interesting, and and also if they follow me on social media, just the the content that I put out. Right. It's, it's it's a lot of things that like this. It's just it's relevant, but it's it's again, I have a job. Yeah. I'm right. like everybody else. I am out there grinding it every day. Yeah. I'm working. I'm, I'm not. You know, it's not like I'm in this. You know, this glass house that I, I do. This People is, can't tell me they can't do it. Because right, I'm like, right. don't tell me you don't have time. Right, you have you, time. You were doing it and holding right. down a full-time job at the same time. Correct. And, and you're still working. I'm still, you know, I'm still an still airline pilot. Airline yeah, pilot. so, I, so I, it can ha you can, you do, can do it. It's it just happen. a choice of priorities, like we said. Right. It's just And so I try to put relevant information that I thought, okay, if I was new or if I was, you know, even if I had five houses or ten houses, how do I get to 50? How do I, how do I mentally do that? There's Because... You know, the one thing I've learned that I think is, again, I think it's really important that, you know, and people watching is when when you went from zero properties to one property, there was a big mental shift. Yeah. And there was a big fear that you went through. You probably talked yourselves in and out of the deal multiple times and you had conversations with everyone in the world. And once you did it, you were like, wow, okay, it, was, it wasn't that bad, right? Because we always think worst case. That, right. that's, our mind is set to protect ourselves. So protecting right. ourselves is thinking worst case scenario so that you're okay. And so after that happens, then I talk to people and go, okay, how did you get from one to five? Because yeah. you probably had a different set of conversation with yourself from one to five. True. 
and a different one from five to maybe 20. Right. There's a different, there's different challenges, there's different issues, banking, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, what is it people from 20 to 50 tell themselves and 50 don't, so there's different conversations. There's still self-doubt, but there, it's not the same one. I'm sure, you know, when I had Absolutely. 30 houses and I was flipping deals and owning properties, I didn't have the same challenges I had when I bought my first property. Right. But when I think to myself, when I've had properties that have succeeded and properties that were no good to me, they didn't work for me. I'm thinking, okay, it's four walls and a roof. What that that property made money for someone else. When we sold some of these properties, we sold at a loss just to get rid of them. When we ended up getting out of these deals, because the the mental strain, we were like, we're, we're done. Just be done with it, right? But the people who bought them ended up they, they made it work. Mm -hmm. So I think, okay, what is it they did to make it work that I didn't? They own one property. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's, that was it's, their one and only. That was their one and but, only. Yeah, but <laughs> no, they had a different strategy for well, yeah, what they were doing. And that's the thing I tell people: it's four okay. walls in a roof. Yeah. It's the business model inside. Right. So we had the wrong business model for those types for of properties. That property. Right. And that's and that's what it was. And and that's okay. I have no problem with that. But that's what I think is very intriguing to me. I'll say. Mm, yeah. So, mine property they will manage. So if we have people here, landlords that own multiple properties that want to get out of the actual property management part, something that they can contact you or the company yeah. and investigate how they yeah. can kind of take over the day-to-day -day operations. Yeah, mine property management, I mean, they're great. They've got they've got a, a three-tiered pricing system. Okay. So for, for the different types of engagement you want to have with your property, but more importantly, they recently bought a company called Home Union that has invest, they have a software called Investment. <clears throat> and um, this investment software it, it, to me, it's amazing because it's if you were to take the MLS for an investor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that talks about forecasting numbers, what is the crime, what is the, the um, uh, what should we call it, uh, rent comp, sales comps, what right. is the, how many people own houses in this neighborhood, how many people rent houses, wow. what's the labor force, what's the average income of the neighborhood, what's the average rental price. It takes all of this information, it'll take that property and forecast it out for 30 years to tell you what it'll be worth if you hold this for 30 years. Yeah. And they're in about 20 different markets around the US. So if you wanna scale in other cities, you yeah. can use, and it's a free software, it's totally free. See, and that's value. It's huge. So huge when I value. saw this, I was like, this is, you know, I used to, I don't know about you guys, but I would always try to create these spreadsheets and try yeah. to pull in data. And it was never right. So it was always wrong. Yeah. yeah, and I would do these numbers, and I'm like, oh, that's that sucked. I, like I yeah. missed a formula or something. This is, this software, it's free. Um, and if anybody wants to know, they can they can reach out to me, and I'm happy to set them up. Um, but there's no obligation or anything. But to me, it's it, it's giving you that information to make smart decisions. Right. And so I tell people, at least it's like swinging the golf club. You got to go out there and see what these numbers look like. But don't wait until you have money in hand to get the deal. Right. Practice. Look at the numbers. See what it's telling you, and then make a decision after you've done it for 50, 100 times. So that if you see deals, let's say in Houston, you see deals for, let's say you're looking in a certain area and you're seeing 180, 180, 180, and all of a sudden you see 120, boom, you're gonna go, wait a second. Yeah. Why is this one 120? Maybe it's a motivated seller. Right. If you don't know that, if you're not seeing that trend, you're not swinging that golf club every time. I say that because I'm trying to learn to get better golf, but um, <laughs> if, you, if you're not doing that, you're never gonna know if it's a good deal. And so this software gives you that ability to look on a national level and then mine can come in and manage it for you. Right. So now you're being an investor, not a landlord. Right, that is and awesome. And it's huge. Which is a huge a like, responsibility to take off of you if right. you are the investor Absolutely. on the day-to-day -day responsibilities. And that's where a lot of people, I think, come into issues because they don't want to off it off, you know, hand off yeah. those other responsibilities well, to people that can do it. So your day-to-day -day right. hourly rate, you know, like what you're doing, right. like our time, is better my time and I say this all the time to my husband my time is better spent me doing real estate related activities well, than me cleaning the house <laughs> absolutely well I, I, I'll give you an example so you know my son 14 years old he bought his rental property right. and I think he's seen it once and so we bought it we walked the property um, we went in halves he owns it and three days later we rented it we turned it over to the management company yeah. And now he does the numbers, he gets a cash flow, mm -hmm. and he looks at it from an investor level. So how many of those can he own? Right. Well, now he's just limited on cash, and if he gets creative, he can do other things. Right. But my, my point is, is if I had five of these or 10 of these, and I was running around, and I'll never forget when we first got our rental properties, the houses, and I think we had about 10 or 15, and it was like rent day. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna go pick up the rent. Yeah. And my business partner, Pete, was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm gonna go drive and pick up the rent. He's like, why are you gonna do that? I'm like, I just like getting the rent. You know, yeah, I like the like feeling, I get it. it. He's my like, hand. He's like, listen, either you're teaching them or they're teaching you. 
Yeah. Yes. He's like, 100%. and you know what's going to happen? He goes, yeah. they're teaching you that when it's time for rent. And I'm like, whatever. So I go, and sure enough, there's the one person. You see the car in the driveway, and you're like, they're not answering the door, you know? And then yeah. you, you call them, and the number's disconnected, and you're like, so then you leave and then they call you back like two minutes later like, oh, I missed you and I'll have the money on next week. So then I drive back next week. They're not there again, same thing. And so, yeah. the, you know, and I'm thinking, and my business partner's like, I told you. So what, what was my time worth to go right. run around yeah, and try to fine. get that rent as opposed to just having a system in place or a management company and leverage that? Cause we do have systems in place. You gotta have systems. <laughs> it's, it's all about, it's, you know. Neither one you know of us what? are gonna go pick up and checks. And for me, I'm always, and I, I, I think my husband and I obviously, um, think a little bit differently, but I think that for me, I've always been numbers based. Yeah. And for me, it's rate of return on my time, Absolutely. money, everything. Yeah. So I am very, I am not emotional when it comes to that. Yeah. And I think what happens is that sometimes if someone is a little bit more emotional because it has, I don't know, some sort of sentimental value or something that brings it in, it's harder for them to detach. Right. Where I'm like, no, this is now, this is what it's going to do. You know, we have, if they don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, you I feel like run you it. can't you run business. it. Don't it's let it run business. you. Well, exactly. And, and, yeah. and a couple of things I'll just say. And, and uh, you know, if you are running this as a business and you were hired by the CEO of a company to run that business. Right. And you were like, well, I'm not really sure I want to do this today because, you know, they're having some problems and I think I'm going to let them slide on the rent. Right. You'd be no. fired. Exactly. And so I tell people, you're not firing yourself because you are the CEO. Right. But I said, if you had to answer to someone and you were accountable to actually, you know, and I tell people, right. just because you own the properties doesn't mean give you the right to run your business into the ground. Right. right. And if you had shareholders, they would kick you, they would fire you. Exactly. And so the problem is, is when we own our own property, we don't think of it like a business. Right. We think, oh, it's a rental. We're on the emotional right. side. We're on the emotional. And, yeah. you know, you're talking about leveraging your time. And I tell people, you know, there's a lot of investors and business owners that fail. More mm -hmm. fail than survive. So. They don't have, people don't fail because they don't work hard, because as entrepreneurs, we will all work as hard as we can. Yeah. They fail because they don't set up systems and procedures and they don't run it like a business. Right. That's why they fail. And they don't look at it as a non-emotional, they let emotions in. And again, I know because when we were standing in that middle of the street, right. picking trash off each other, we were running on emotions. Yeah, I And, and it was just a matter of time. So that that's the, what I would say is, I do. Yeah. I have a real quick comment. Denise Fargo. Good morning, Denise. Um, I know Denise and I have talked. She is involved in some investment stuff. Wants the name of the company one more time, so I'm going to respond to her. Uh, which, uh, it's, I'm uh, assuming the property management. I think that's what she would be Yeah, it's, it's MYND Mind Management, and the software uh, that does it is uh, the company's Home Union, um, and the software is called Investimate. So it's Invest I M A T E. Okay, hopefully, if you didn't catch that part, and they I'll put can that send me a message later. or you, and I'm, right. you got links to it, and we, right. we can set them up. But yeah, it's, it's a free software. I mean, it's I got to tell you, it's pretty slick. I, I really I'm think it is. To, yeah. To so a few takeaways. We want to know. Have a backup plan. Right. Have your option B in case option A. Well, everybody should always have a backup. I, I would say have a backup, but also if you cannot control your own destiny. That's when you have to have the backup yeah. plan. I, I'm not a big believer in a plan B, plan A. I'm not, because if you have a plan B, that means you're not committed to plan A. True, So true. I, I true. my plan A was just dictated by someone else. Right. So I had no control. So right. then I realized, okay, right. my plan A now is to have control of my destiny. Now, I still love flying. Yeah. And if something happens, I'm fine because I've got the other stuff that I've built right. up. Right. So my plan A is taking care of myself and my own destiny. So I would say commit to what you're doing, but educate yourself yes. and make sure that you know before you take that step, don't just jump in, take that step and know what you're doing and educate yourself and surround yourself with the right people in my opinion. Right. And as part of the goal planning that you mentioned earlier, as you're beginning it, as you know, if you want to get into real estate investing, one of the things that we didn't get into, but I'm sure you have in place is an exit strategy. Yeah. Like, is there a point when you decide, okay, you know, whether it's you or whoever is out there listening, like when do they either sell or do something else? Like you also have to consider that when and you're that, planning. And we'll touch briefly and then we'll start wrapping up, but right. you had that calling. That was like, what do we do now? So, yeah. I mean, you, you were in this deep, deep in the mud there, we'll say, and then you created, you sat down with your partner and you did the six months and you fixed stuff, but then what, it, point where you when things were running smoothly that mind came in and wanted to say hey 
we have this opportunity, would you be interested? Well, you know, so I'll, I'll, let's back up a second. So I think the one thing when people are looking at, let's just say real estate, for example, mm -hmm. um, it starts with a goal, right? So you gotta start with the end in mind and right. work backwards. Mm -hmm. So number one, I tell people is have a goal. Number two is have a strategy to get to that goal. So for example, let's say that our goal is Disneyland. Right. The freeways we're gonna to take to get to Disneyland is the strategy. So we're gonna take the 10 freeway to the 405 to right. the 91 and get off on Beach Boulevard and that is our strategy to get to where we want to go. Right. If you wanted to go to Magic Mountain and you wanna to go to Disneyland, we would have two different strategies. Mm -hmm. Then the financial picture, number three, the financial picture is what's gonna tell you whether or not that strategy is going to get you there. Do I have enough gas? Yeah. The last thing, which is very important, you said, is the exit strategy. So when you own a rental property, you own a business. It's got income, it's got expenses, it's got laws. It is a business. The definition from we were trained with our business coach is a commercial profitable enterprise that runs without you and has a sale date. Yeah. So you got to have I that like end it. date of it. Mm -hmm. So you own the property. Now, the exit strategy could be living off the cash flow and dying with your properties. Yeah. It could be willing it to your children. Right. It could be a 1031. Right. There's multiple things There's it multiple. could do. But again, yeah. you have to figure right. you have to have that end strategy. You can't just say I'm going to keep buying and buying and buying. Why are you doing it? Are you going to you know because that depends on how you buy it. Right. Am I going to put it in a trust? Is it going to go in an LLC? Mm -hmm. Am I going to 1031? All those things are going to dictate, you know, I'm going to keep it five years, I'm going to keep it 30 years. Different strategies for different goals. And so there's no right or wrong answer in how to right. do that, but I think that's so important for people Make to have sure that. Because yeah. I never had those things. I was just thinking, right. I'm going to keep buying and buying and buying, but for what? Right. Right. So. Yeah, that is part, it, that is an important part of, of the equation, obviously. Very much. But we want to wrap it Thank up. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yes, we had lots of viewers, lots guest. of questions. Thank you, Denise, for asking those questions. And we'll go in and put the investment software on sure. here because she did ask about that again. Yeah. Um, what do we have? So thank you again for your time. My pleasure. And thank you for your service because you do keep us safe in the air. And it is my favorite airline to fly. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. appreciate it. going there at the end of the month. I'm going to El Salvador. So I'm excited oh, for that. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Very um, nice. So safe travels this weekend yeah, when you travel over there. Please kiss all the koalas for me if you get to see them. Yes, I'll be in Sydney on uh, Sunday, I believe. I'll be oh, in Sydney. That'll be some impressive uh, once you, you touch down, I guess. Are you able to take pictures from... From mm, I mean, when I'm there, yeah, but, but not kind of busy flight. when we're coming Well, in. right. Yeah. Well, I know you are, like whoever. Don't yeah. hands off the But, I mean, do pilots take pictures as they arrive? Is there Sometimes a they may put a, a maybe a, a selfie stick up or something yeah, like that. I'm sure. I, don't know. I always wonder, because sometimes I see wonderful pictures. But I'm there about yeah, twice a month, so if anyone follows me on Facebook, they'll see them. I'm Aww, always there twice okay. a month. I'm in Sydney, so... Well, cool. so again, safe Great travels. Yeah. Yes, Hopefully safe pray travels. for rain for Australia so yeah. they yeah. can get through all of that. Um, and then we'll put up all of his contact information. We hope to have you back. Sure. Um, the Caffeinated Show is working on yes. our uh, next big production or panel that we're going to put on, uh, put together here, hopefully for April. Right. Um, we are also going to be starting our monthly or maybe by month, uh, every other month. Right. We have a special um, announcement to. Yeah, we've been meeting to announce that since last month, but we'll come back to that later. Yes. Um, but other than that, we are going to wrap it up so everybody can get back to their first yes. productive week of 2020. There you go. Yes. You have to rush off to your own podcast. I've got another, yeah, I've got another one today. So well, we're going to let him do all that. So make sure that. you tune in to him as well there. Yep. And, and we'll put so his podcast information. for watching us this morning. Come out to the Clear Lake area to Java Owl, yes, yes. which I love. Yeah, it's nice. And great lavender latte for me. I have the same lavender latte. But again, thank you to John Wilkinson, right. who is the owner of Java Owl. He's also an agent here in the Clear Lake area. And, and we'll be to back Doug. to and actually to Doug for setting up. Yeah. Yes. And we'll be back to actually have John on. We want to have him on the show to talk about how he got this started. Um, and again, Doug, yeah. for making the connection for all of you guys. Yeah. But until next week, <laughs> you guys stay caffeinated. Stay caffeinated. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.